Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FloatCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC is heading to Fight Highland. UFC 251, the wait is no longer. We are here in Fight Week, a very exciting fight night card. We, of course, will be doing our Fights, Dogs, and Parlay segment where we break down our three favorite fights on this card, which, pretty obvious, it's the title fights. And we're going to also be giving you guys an underdog in a parlay that you should think about playing so that you have a little bit of gambling advice heading into this very, very big weekend. Plus, I'll be interviewing three of the fighters on the fight card. First, I'll be talking to Volkan Ozdemir, who fights Yuri Proshka, who I will actually be interviewing second. So uh, we'll be talking to both those fighters as they get ready for their light heavyweight matchup. And then I'll be talking to Marcin Tybura, who fights a short-notice replacement in Maxim Grishin. And he's talking all about how excited he is for that matchup as well. But before we get to any of that great content, i got to let you know that this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E, Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiasts. So whether you do kickboxing, judo, or jujitsu, or sambo, it doesn't necessarily matter because you can log all of your training sessions right in that app. You can leave notes. You can put your competitions or weigh-ins in there. It's a really great place to save all of your training information instead of using that soggy notebook that you leave beside the mat. So make sure to check them out, Maroon Social, wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this episode of Top Journal MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. And joining me today now is Vulcan Ostemir, who's fighting Yuri Proshaka at UFC 251 this upcoming weekend at Fight Island. So, uh, Vulcan, I know you landed already in Abu Dhabi. Uh, what's it like there? You you quarantining, getting ready for your fight? Yeah, um, I'm quarantined for the second time. You know, I've been uh, I've been in London right before, and uh, we've been staying there for two days. You know, we did some testing, and uh, once everybody's clear. We were able to leave, and uh, now it's the the same thing again once once more for Abu Dhabi, you know. But it's a uh, it's a little bit more crazy, you know. We can see, uh, you know, the 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 COVID situation is much more like hard here. Like those people here, like they're just wearing full masks and and stuff and gloves. But uh, it's cool, you know. We just have to wait maybe two days, you know. And once everything is clear, we're gonna be able to 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 enjoy our normal fight week. Awesome. And, and are you with your coaches? Or is there a group of people with you, or are you completely isolated on your own right now? Yeah, we are in uh, our own room, so everybody's in a, a separate room, and uh, so it's a little bit different, you know, for for training wise, and you know, you, you got to stay active, you know, because you're, you know, obviously gonna you're not gonna have to fight in a few days. So yeah, you know, you need to keep going with the weight cut. You know, you need to to get your sweat going and um, this kind of stuff. So it's a different situation, but uh, you know, you just gotta adapt and, uh, and evolve. And, and what are you doing to adapt? What What are you doing to stay active? You know, it's a it's it's a, it's a bunch of stuff. You know, you gotta you gotta wake up. You also need to readapt the 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 sleeping time. You know, because we're gonna be fighting around like. 3 or 4 a.m. you know so we're gonna have to wake up at 2 or 1 a.m. and and get the body going you know need to make sure the body is awake and ready to perform so you know we need to adapt with the sleep sleeping process um we need to stay active you know we can you know jump jump ropes skipping do some yoga in the morning you know whatever whatever it is but um yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a different process for, for this fight, but uh, it's also a, a, a big experience for, for me. Absolutely. Now, now let's talk a little bit about the fight, too, because you take this fight with Yuri Prashaka, who who's a guy who's who's on a 10-fight win streak. He's got eight finishes in a row. He, he's a highly touted prospect, but he is new to the UFC. Was there any hesitation in taking a fight against a guy who who is kind of unknown to American audiences? No hesitation for me, you know, but uh, obviously it's not uh, it's not the first choice because uh, I wanted to fight somebody um, ranked, you know. Uh, my goal is to go back to the belt, you know, and uh, for for that I need to I need to fight uh, some top five guys, some top ten guys, you know, uh, anybody, you know, but uh, somebody that's gonna bring me closer to the belt. 
But at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't able to find uh, anybody. You know, nobody really wanted to agree for uh, any 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 date soon or whatever. And uh, you know, I just want to stay active. You know, and uh, also right now, I mean, we we were supposed to fight before. You know, before the the, the pandemic starts happening, but. Um, Right now, it's also it's also way more difficult, you know. And uh, and uh, I'm happy to have the fight with him, you know. Anyway, um, as I said, uh, we agreed before, you know, everything like starts shutting down. So so yeah, it's good, you know. He's a he's a he's a, he's a good talent, you know. He's a good prospect, you know. But uh, you know, he he hasn't fought anybody like me, you know. He's not he's not like I'm not gonna say he was not in the UFC, you know. He was in a different organization because it doesn't really matter because. You know, all the guy he beat, you know, he beat them, you know, by finish, you know, by some clear, clear fight, clear finish. So this is not a problem about how strong he is, you know, it's more a question mark, you know, how strong is he really, you know. But it doesn't really matter for 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 me because, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to have to face me and uh, this is when the music stops. And you said in there, too, that this is about you making another run to the title. You obviously had that really impressive run at the beginning of your UFC career, got a title shot within your first year in the organization. How far do you think you are away from doing that again? Because I know this would be three in a row again. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it all depends about um, the situation with the champion, you know. We we don't really know what's what's happening with John Jones. We know he doesn't want to fight right now. He's you know kind of waiting to, to sort the like a contract issue, uh, trying to get a, a better deal or, or whatever. And uh, he's kind of putting himself on the side, and we we don't really know what's going to happen with the with the UFC and and this situation. So. Who knows? Maybe they're gonna they're gonna try to to do an interim belt, you know, as as some people start talking about it, you know, like uh, Reyes and and I don't know, maybe Santos or Jan, you know, uh, whatever. And uh, maybe that's gonna be good too, you know. So so the so the division can can keep on going, you know, and the ball will keep on rolling. So that's good too, you know. Um, if he doesn't want, if you want to wait on the side, but you know. It all depends about this situation, but uh, for me, you know, I'm like two fights away from the belt again, you know. A big victory on um, Saturday will also bring me closer to, to, to the belt, you know. I'm probably one title eliminator fight, and then I'm, I'm right there. Well, I definitely agree with you. Now, let's talk about what you have to do in this fight to get to that title eliminator. Like you said, he's a guy who we don't really know what he would do against, you know, top flight competition like yourself. What have you sort of saw in looking at some of his past fights where you think you might have an advantage? Yeah, his style is uh, is different, you know, he... You know he's a, he's he's a different kind of fighter because uh, the way he fights, you know, he he's been having like different type of uh, rule sets, you know, like a ten minute rounds and and stuff like that, fighting in the ring, you know. So he, he makes he makes him different, and I think that's uh, that's definitely one of his strengths. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to come to a place and and be stuck or be like. Uh, the same as everybody else, and uh, I think that's 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 going to be one of his strengths, you know, like um, his uniqueness, and uh, you know, it's it's good because uh, for me also it's it's a way for for me to fight a, a different type of of fighter, you know, and uh, and that's good for me. But uh, his style is my style, you know, and uh, this is where I'm strong because uh, he likes to go forward, he likes to go to for the finish, but uh, he doesn't have my power, and uh, this is going to be the difference in a fight. And you you mentioned the the ring too in being different than the cage. Is is that something you see that you can exploit a little bit here too? That you do not only you know have experience in the cage, but you also work really well against the cage. Do you see that as a spot where maybe you can exploit him a little bit? Yeah, obviously, you know the the the, the experience uh, inside the cage is definitely something uh, I'm get, I'm having an advantage uh, in you know in the fight, but. I don't really care where where my advantage is, you know. The the only thing for me is like to seize the right moment in the fight, you know. It's most it's mostly in fights reading, you know, and, and it's something I'm really good at. 
And also I get way more experience uh, from my previous fight because, you know, I've been facing like the top of the, the competition in the world. And this brought me a lot of experience and a lot of uh, in-fights reading. And this is also where I'm going to get the, the best at. And that's interesting to say, too, because you're right. You have faced pretty much since entering the UFC the very highest level of competition. You're fighting Daniel Cormier in just your fourth fight in the UFC. Uh, obviously, that led to a small losing streak in the middle of your career. But is that something that you look back at as positively, that it, it helped your career to go through that rough patch? Yeah, obviously, you know, because uh, this is part of the process. You know, you, you this is... This is a big jump, you know, that I've made, you know, because uh, I got the offer from the from the belt and I wanted to take it, you know, obviously, you know, you, you don't say no to a belt. And also you, my goal was to write history, you know, to be the fastest or one of the fastest, you know, to get into a title shot, like, you know, being uh, from, from where I'm from and uh, from where I'm coming from. And... Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, it, it didn't work out and, uh, you know, it's part of the process because I learned so much, you know, within, within that time, you know, and uh, it made me evolve as a fighter, made me grow up mentally also. So definitely it's, uh, it's all for the best uh, from now on. What, what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned from that mental growth? You, know, you mentioned the mental growth in there. What was one of the biggest mental lessons that you learned? You know, it's uh, it's part of the process, you know, uh, sometimes you, you question yourself, you know, how you did it, so, uh, what you should have done, you know, how you how you fight, what is your motto, what is your, what do you want to do in the, into the fight, but at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, it's too much question, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, you, you're going to start maybe questioning yourself at, the, at a certain moment in your career, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's all about the instincts, it's all about the feeling, and uh, at the end of the day, you, you should not think about anything else. And, you know, sometimes you need to, to go through something, you know, to, to just realize that, you know, everything you were doing, if you, if you were succeeding, uh, it, was, it was the right thing to do, you know. So you don't have to change too many things. And, and that's where you feel like you are in your career now. You feel like you've really, you know, mastered that accepting that you're doing the right thing regardless of the outcome, sort of? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously you need to improve all the aspects of the game and to, to, to cover up your hole. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, it's all about being into the moment, you know, in the fight. And, and this is what I'm doing now. I, I love that mentality. Now, I, I do got to ask you right before I let you go here. I like to get a prediction out of my fighters if I possibly can when I'm interviewing them. Do you have a way that you see this fight going with Yuri come Saturday? Yeah, obviously, uh, I have a uh, uh, really precise, you know, way of what I want to do, you know, into the fight. And uh, I see some holes and some stuff that I don't want to explode. And I guarantee you with, with, with this, you know, it's, it's not going to last more than one round. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Once again, this is Volkan Ozdemir, who fights Yuri Prochka at UFC 251 this upcoming weekend. Thanks so much for the time, Volkan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And that interview with Vulcan Ozdemir is brought to you by BattleClan Gear. Visit BattleClanGear.com and make sure to use promo code TURTLEUP10. That's T-U-R-T-L-E-U-P-1-0 for 10% off your whole order there. Look, they have got some very high-quality grappling gear that you can pick up there. And let's face it, we're all heading back into the gym fairly soon. You're going to want to make sure you got some fresh duds. BattleClan's gear stuff looks phenomenal, feels great. I personally own a bunch of their stuff myself and could not recommend them more. Head on over to BattleClanGear.com. And joining me today is Yuri Proshaka, who fights Volkan Ozdemir at UFC 251 this upcoming weekend. So, Yuri, I got to ask you, where are you right now? Are you out on Fight Island already? Yes, we are on Fight Island, on uh, on the hotel in the current quarantine so we need to stay here uh, till one day one 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 day more and uh till till the results will be done and, and have you just been locked down just yourself or are your coaches with you as well like what do you uh, have for support I'm staff? Here. One, co- one, one coach is separate and one coach is here with me Awesome. Okay, so you do have a, l- a little bit of coaching near you, so it- it's good that you got the travel down. Now, let's start talking about the fight here, because I know it had to have probably been frustrating to get signed by the UFC, and then 
not immediately be fighting. What was that a real big source of frustration for you? No, no, no. It's I, I take it like a part of of fighting. So so I need to to uh, to make something uh, uh, to make uh, how to say. So, sorry for my English. Oh yeah. no problem. <laughs> uh, uh, it's no problem for me. I like I like this I li- I like this uh, these uh, things what's not in the plan, so everything's all right. For awesome, me. awesome. So now obviously you know you were you were having a lot of success over in Ryzen. You know you knocked out CB Dalloway, who's a UFC veteran. You knocked out Fabio Maldonado, King Mo, who comes highly touted. What what was the reason for deciding to leave Ryzen? Was UFC always kind of the goal of where you wanted to be? <sighs> Yes, UFC was was the main goal from from my start in in, uh, in MMA career. So uh, in Rising, I def- after defend the title, light heavyweight. So I I I I'm still looking for for something uh, uh, for something uh, some more better 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 opponents. Better uh, everything, better fighting, because I want to. I want to be the 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 best fighter, you know. And uh, UFC is is the right cho- choose, right choice. And, and you said you're looking for higher opponents. You're fighting Vulcan Ozdemir right out of the gate, who is a highly ranked guy. He's fought for the UFC title. What what were sort of your thoughts when he was the name they came to offer you? Did you expect somebody as talented as Vulcan out the gate? Uh, that's that's the that's a very good question. I think the that's very very good step from from UFC to to me to give me this big name like a, a Volkan because he's a very tough opponent, a very very great opponent for me. And I I think I think it's uh, it will be a little it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for me, but I like these challenges. And I like uh, like to to show uh, because my uh, my uh, performance my performance is is uh, is uh, is showing with with my opponent, you know. So how good is my opponent? That good is my performance, and. Uh, Volkan is the very good opponent for me, so I'm. I know, I know now. I know now. I know that I will show my best performance. And, and just out of curiosity, because you did say he is a, a big step of an opponent, he's going to take out the very best in you. Did you know of Volkan Ozdemir before they offered you the fight? Had how closely had you followed his career? Oh, of course, of course, because I, I. I I I I I was watched watched uh, the all fights in the light heavyweight uh, division, so so I I know the Volkan, I know every 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 man in the light heavyweight division, not every not every his fight, but uh, now now yes because the strategy yeah, and uh, yes I know him. So, so you follow everybody in the light heavyweight division. You have a, had a close eye on it well before not, the UFC not, signed you. Not, not everybody, not everybody, but the, but the, uh, but the big names, big, big names in my in my weight that I know. And and so, sort of, what are your thoughts on the top of the division? Because a win here probably puts you pretty close to what I would assume is a title shot. You know, beating a top ten opponent right away, you're probably a fight or two away. What are sort of your thoughts on what's going on with with John Jones possibly leaving and and all the other title challengers sort of looking for that title shot? Uh, I don't care. I don't care about John Jones. He he, that's that's his way. His his uh, uh, his his cho- his choices on his way. What what he what he do? And uh, I'm. <laughs> My step, my my goal is the title. Yeah, every time my goal is the the highest uh, highest uh, peak on on this division in on this uh, 
in this in UFC now in UFC. So with respect, I want to go to the top now. Awesome. So, and, and obviously, let, let's start with just this fight. So you are fighting Volkan Ozdemir. You said you've watched a lot of his fights. Obviously, you don't want to give away all of your strategy. But what what are some of the things that you see as being parts where you stand out above him in this fight? Respect. Uh, there is uh, more scenarios, and uh, uh, I think... I don't care if if the Balkan wants wants to wants to be in the stand up or if he wants to clinch and go to the, go, go to the go to the go to the ground. I'm ready for for every for every uh, for, for every pass, pass, passage how to say for every uh, for every fighting. I'm ready for everything. Yes, I'm ready for everything in the, in the fight, but uh, I'm mainly stand upper. I'm mainly stand upper, so so you you will see, you will see from from my strategy. I want to, I, I just want to, I just want to show my best, and uh, I want to take it to my hand. I want to, I want to take it to my hand this fight, and take and take over. Well, we're looking forward to it. Now, I did want to ask you one more question before letting you go, too. You know, looking at your record before this interview started, I noticed you made your pro debut when you were only 19 years old. What what led you to MMA at such, like, a really young age? Oh, I was just a young man, young man with with uh, so much energy, with uh, so much aggressive, aggressive energy and and. I, I just, I just want to fight somebody all all the time, like like in like in uh, disco, like in disco, and uh, it was a little hard with me, and uh, then I start with with uh, on on the high school. I start with uh, with uh, Thai boxing, mm-hmm. and that was for me very uh, how to say. Uh, that was for me. Uh, there, there I start to learn about the uh, about fighting, about everything. Mm-hmm. And, and was there a reason why you know after starting Thai boxing you decided MMA was the next step and not you know you didn't wind up becoming you know somebody who Thai boxed his entire life. Eventually you made the switch to MMA. What made you make the switch? Uh, because I I. I saw the I saw the the I saw the free 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 will I saw the free will in the, in the, in in the fights you you have uh, you have uh, many many uh, options you have uh, many options how to how to attack how to how to move how to everything that uh, that this this uh, this independent this uh, this free will was for me very, uh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to you using that freedom and getting to see all facets of your game. Fans, once again, this was Yuri Proshaka who fights Vulcan Ozdemir at UFC 251 this upcoming weekend. Yuri, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Victory. And that interview with Yuri Proshaka is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiasts. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a great place to log competitions. I personally have been using it to log my competitions for about two years now. And the cool thing about it is I now have a running record of all the stuff I want. If you're an MMA fan and you use Tapology, think of this as your own personal Tapology for your grappling career. I've got it all in one place. I can look back and see that in December of 2018, I hit a heel hook in the first round of a a tournament. I can look all of that up, and you can too if you start using Maroon Social today. So make sure you go and download that wherever wherever apps are downloaded. And joining me to now... And joining me now live from Fight Island is Marcin Tybura, who fights Maxim Grishin at UFC 251 on Fight Island. So, Marcin, obviously, let's let's talk about the opponent shift to start, because 
you got a huge change in opponent. You go from a big, heavy wrestler to a guy who is a, a light heavyweight and, and mostly a striker. How, how difficult is that for you in adjusting? Well, it's a completely different game plan for this fight. Uh, still, we have like one week. I have my coaches with me, so uh, this, this whole week we just spend on uh, changing all, the, all, the, all my mindset for this. But the thing is, that we I, I wrestle for for this camp uh, also uh, mostly defend defend wrestle, but I was I was taking downs too, uh, and I strike a lot, so I'm I'm not scared to 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 face a completely different opponent anyway. And, and do you think that your wrestling is going to be a big difference maker in this, being that you are much bigger than Grishin? Well, he's uh, he, he's as tall as me, but probably maybe the, he will wait a, a little bit more. But but I, I see him as a really strong guy uh, physically, so I know it, that would make much different than me. But probably the 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 weight might be on my on my side. Absolutely. Now I, I know you're you've made it to Fight Island. You're you're kind of through the quarantine point at this point. Tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like now that you're out on the island. Oh, Fire Island so far is uh, is a nice place, I would say. So you know the view from the hotel and the hotel is all great. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, we're not allowed to you know visit Abu Dhabi uh, or any places outside the island. And outside island is um, much. Part of the island is blocked for us, but we have access to the beach. Uh, at the hotel, we have a Formula One uh, uh, racing, uh, and there is some cars racing, so we can watch it. Um, so the, so the, there is a few inconvenience, like the testing, the, the quarantine we have to spend uh, for 48 hours in the hotel. But I find I find it good. I, I feel you know it's challenging for for fighters to come here. And the weather is good and, and really hot. Uh, it's, it's challenging for the fighter, but, but I like it. Well, that's good to hear. Now, how, how is training going there, too? Is the, are the facilities helping you out? Obviously, you have your coaches back now that you're, you're done quarantining. How, how has the training been since you've been there? Well, we, had the, we have the um, first 48 hours. I had uh, only my room. And I, I share it with my, one of my coaches, so we were able to to do the some kind of a training. Uh, of course, there is there is there was no mat, but right now we have uh, one specific room which is uh, only for prepare for us to train. There is a uh, they they get rid of the furniture, they put the mat in here, so we have access there anytime uh, anytime we want. So obviously we train at, at night. So we can adjust our time to 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 the time when when I will be fighting. That makes a lot of sense. And speaking of adjusting your training, I know you've done some of your training camp in the United States before. Uh, obviously, you weren't able to travel as much for this training camp. What, what were the some of the changes that you did, and in, in how have you been able to adjust on the fly? Oh, can you specify? I mean, you asking for the for the changing for this camp or for for previous camp when I was in state. So, so I, I know you were in the States previously. Were you planning on doing any training in the States leading into this fight? And, and did that have to change, obviously, because of the situation? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when I came back from the States, I pretty much knew that I won't be allowed to go back again. But uh, once the pandemic started, I, I expect to not fighting at all this year because of all the situation. So when this fight came up, I was uh, extremely happy about it. Uh, even though that was like a full weeks before the fight, I I moved to other city in Poland uh, to Ankos. Uh, Poznan uh, and start cooperate with the, one of the greatest coaches in Poland, Andrzej Kościelski, uh, and uh, his team. He's got a few heavyweights there, which is uh, top Polish fighters too. Um, and that was the biggest adjust, and and we worked there a lot. So uh, they 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 do much of wrestling. They they do. Um, yeah, they, 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 he, his base is, is mostly wrestling, so we, we work on this a lot, but they have everything they, I need for this fight. 
Well, that's excellent, too. And, and you said, you know, you were able to move about in Poland and find a new gym to train at. Are, are things a little bit more loose in Poland? Because I know here in the States, things are really, really tight in some places and a little bit more loose. Were you able to get a lot of training partners in? Yeah, but at, at first, when the pandemic started, of course, the gyms were closed. We were, they were only allowed to train at home by, by, by yourself. But... After a few weeks, I will start to be releasing a little bit, and right now we can you can just train normally at the gyms, and I think it's it's the gyms are open for every people, not only for professionals. So yeah, since I start my camp, that was already open for everyone. Oh, that's excellent. So uh, you know, obviously you said you know you you had a mentality going in that you might not fight all year, and then suddenly you know you're on this this you know monumental fight card. Was it a big shift in your mind to try to wrap your head around suddenly being in a fight? Well, it's it's not that uh, it's not that hard for me. I mean, I I, I was I kind of said that uh, there is a possibility of not fighting at all this year, so I keep my I keep myself in shape. I train uh, by myself a lot, and then. When I when they 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 start releasing some things, I start to do at least uh, at least training with with one or two or two guys. Even though I uh, I knew there is no fight uh, at the moment, so I, I keep myself in shape and I was hoping anything change. So so when the pandemic start, I that was my thoughts about not fighting at all. But when uh, when I found uh, Dana White is trying so hard to organize everything and they they also uh, make a statement that they will open the fight island for uh, outside of the US fighters I was actually pretty much uh, start start doing my camp even though I didn't uh, I I couldn't knew I I would be on the fight island so there wasn't much change of mindset so how exciting was it when you got that call that you were going to be on the very first Fight Island card too, that you were going to be one of the first international fighters to get that chance? Well, it's always uh, it's always great to experience something that's happening for the first time. I, I don't think anyone uh, did it before, like, like a Fight Island. And, of course, the biggest organization in the world do it for the first time. And so... Kind of a crazy, but you know the MMA. I think it's crazy itself, but everything's matched together, and uh, and this is this is great thing. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. Now, I, before I let you go, I do want to ask for a quick prediction. When you step into the cage with Maxim Grishin, how do you see this fight going down, and and how do you see it ending? Well, I I made the big uh, camp for this one. I, uh, I I train a lot. I feel much of in shape, and I think I'm gonna make him tired much much before the time. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This was Marcin Tybura, who fights Maxim Grishin at UFC 251 on Fight Island this upcoming weekend. Ty- Marcin, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, we hope you enjoyed those interviews with Vulcan Ozdemir, Yuri Proshaka, and with Marcin Tybura. I'm, I'm joined now by Shockwave Dave Trabanti. Dave, my God, what an insane card this is. We'll, we'll obviously get to the title fights in a second, but, but what's one matchup that you just can't wait to see? Yeah, it is an insane card, and I'm certainly excited for all the title fights. Uh, but I'm really actually very excited for... Andrade versus Rose, uh, obviously both former title challengers. So maybe you were hoping I'd say something a little more deep track to up and coming fighters, but I'm very interested in the two former champions matching up in a rematch. The slam was what it was. Uh, you know, I happen to think Rose was doing okay before the slam and uh, Andrade coming off the defeat uh, to Weili Zhang, I want to see how she bounces back, and then I want to see how Rose bounces back off her defeat to the person she's facing. So that matchup actually excites me the most out of all the non-title fights. Yeah, I lo- the, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, non-title fights. I-, I love that fight, too. If uh, if you actually go to my Twitter, which is at Gumby Vreeland, you can see a post from uh, Street Fight Bandencho, who uh, does some really cool gift stuff. And there, he put together a clip 
video of just Rosenam and Yunus lighting up Jessica and Draj on the feet. And it was like a friendly reminder for me, and I think for everybody else, just how good Rose looked in that fight. I thought she was winning that fight very clearly. You know, the clinch work, you know, notwithstanding, she was definitely losing in the clinch. But on the feet, she looks so good. I I'm excited for that fight, and obviously I'm excited for the fight between two of our guests here, too. Vulcan and Yiri is just going to be an absolutely interesting fight at light heavyweight with a newcomer coming in against a guy who's who's fought for the title and is looking to make it three in a row. So uh, a bunch of fun fights throughout the prelims and main card, and, and obviously the title fights is really what gets us to the dance. Well, it's it's an it's an exciting fight card. I'm excited to watch the Saturday. There's also the Kumite, which is an amazing jiu-jitsu event. I'm going to have both uh, both events streaming side by side while I nerd out with some board games, probably. Uh, but that all being said, what I'm most excited for right now is our favorite segment on the show: fights, dogs, and parlays. Gumby, before we get into it, one may wonder if any company sponsors this week's edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Absolutely. This episode of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays is brought to you by MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag for the best bookie experience you can find online. They've got a 50% free bet option no matter what your deposit size is to start. Plus, they have quick 48-hour payouts, which is absolutely phenomenal. You want to make sure that you get that payout as quick as possible. They got it for you. Plus, they accept cryptocurrency, and they've got a phenomenal mobile setup because, you know, sometimes you get on your phone, you're trying to do some live betting. The mobile absolutely sucks. Not with MyBookie. Check it all out, MyBookie.ag. Wow, MyBookie bringing you fights, dogs, and parlays. Talk about a match made in heaven. Talk about a symbiotic relationship. We call this synergy in the corporate world. I love it because I love gambling, but not in an addictive way. Okay, let's get it going. Obviously, we're going to start. Jorge Masvidal uh, is stepping in on late notice, six days to be exact, to take on the the champion, Kamaru Usman. Usman, of course, was supposed to fight jiu-jitsu phenom and surging MMA fighter Gilbert Burns. Uh, very different matchup for Usman. Uh, he is, of course, a minus 300 favorite in most books. Masvidal, you could get betting off as a plus 260. Now, Masvidal is one of the UFC's most popular fighters coming off his big win over Nate Diaz at MSG, the BMF title. The Rock presented it. Of course, he had the Ben Askren highlight reel, knee to the head knockout that was replayed everywhere, has been seen over a billion times. But is that enough to topple the dominant wrestling machine and no slouch on his feet either, Kamara Usman, who you got? Uh, I'm going with Kamara Usman, and to be honest with you, I'm looking at this negative 300 odds, and I said to you off air, I would be as comfortable with Usman at odds as high as maybe negative 375. I think he is a, a clear-cut favorite in this fight for a lot of reasons. If you look back at Jorge Masvidal's record as he goes back in time, he does very poorly against wrestlers. He gets taken down fairly easily. I actually picked Ben Askren to beat him, and I stand by the idea that if that fight allowed Ben Askren to start working on some of his wrestling, we might not have this whole street Jesus phenomenon and this baddest motherfucker phenomenon. I think, you know, there was a high probability that he could have looked pretty bad grappling there in that match with Askren. And there's evidence all over of it. If you look back at his fight with Ross Pearson, he went 0-2 trying to defend takedowns from Ross Pearson, a guy we know largely is like a British boxer, right? Like, not so much. His wrestling doesn't come into play hardly at all. So, like, for somebody like Ross Pearson, and granted, that was three and a half years ago, to have taken him down that many times, you're now putting him in there with maybe the greatest wrestler in that division, right? Like, he's a guy who... You know, beat up Colby Covington on the feet. He's a guy who took down Tyron Woodley, who is previously, you know, impossible to take down. I, I just think Kamara Usman's style is a absolute nightmare for Jorge Masvidal, who, if he can force him to box, definitely has a chance here. I just don't imagine that he can force him to box. I laid it out on our Twitter. What were the paths to victory for Masvidal? Interested to hear what you think they are, or if you agree with what I laid, the, laid out. And of course, you can follow us at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. Uh, one would be uh, some sort of strategic game planning, a la Ben Askren, when 
Usman bends down for a takedown. He times it well with a knee. You get a highlight reel knockout. Something out of left field almost, something like that. Uh, option two was just drag it into deep waters, take it into the fifth round, tied 2-2, defend a takedown, outpoint Usman essentially on the judges' cards. And then option three, try to engage Usman in a firefight. Maybe utilize the clinch if you feel, if, if Masvidal felt that he could be dominant out of the clinch, make it a dogfight, get Usman to overextend himself, and then unleash a three-piece uh, combo and a soda lights out for Usman. I find that to be the most far-fetched. But what do you think of those three paths to victory, and do you see anything else? I think likely the best path to victory for him is for Usman to get tired. Uh, you know, if he, if he has to keep working for takedowns and Masvidal manages to get back up, I think that's probably where he has the best chance because Masvidal has power in his hands even late into fights. And, and we all know wrestling to be one of the most tiring things. So I think that that's probably his best game plan. I can't imagine him winning a decision against Usman. I know you outlined that as one of the possibilities. you got to remember, Usman has a style that plays well to judges, right? Leaning against the guy in the cage, getting any amount of top game in a round, sometimes steals rounds even probably when it shouldn't. So for that reason, and that's part of the reason why I like Usman, even if the odds were to get even wider is because his style just plays well, the decision. So, like, that almost takes a whole level out of Masvidal's game, and we're looking at, you know, he's going to need a big knockout. So uh, I just don't see him landing that big knockout on Usman. I agree with you. The only thing, and again, this is what we do, we beat things up here at Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Uh, just trying to wrap my head around a Masvidal victory. The only other thing I could really point to, and I, I think we're both on it. I mean, this is Usman's fight all day, especially when you bring in the takedowns to this. Uh, the only other thing I could point to is Masvidal is not a fun opponent to take on six days notice. You know, you think about some short notice fights that have happened. You think about Ferguson agreeing to fight Gaethje on short notice and how that turned out for Ferguson after he was getting ready for uh, Khabib. And I know that's not a perfect analogy because, uh, you know, those game plans were so widely different. Uh, I think they're pretty widely uh, different in this one too, though, right? Like, I don't think true. he wanted to take Gilbert Burns down. I wouldn't want to take Gilbert Burns down. Gilbert Burns is an ace on the ground. And we saw he didn't want to take Demi and Maya down. So why would he want to take Gilbert Burns down? So I actually think you're right. I think this is a big switch. Not maybe as drastic as, as Tony Ferguson's, but I think close to it. Like you are going from a guy who you probably don't want to take down to a guy you almost undoubtedly want to get down as quickly as possible. It's a big switch. So I will give you that. It, and, but I guess it's true. And I think what I was really trying to outline, though, is that it's a big switch that probably plays to Usman's advantage, whereas it didn't play to Tony's advantage. And then going, going back even further than that, again, just like I'm thinking of short notice off the top of my head, even Khabib preparing for like, I don't know, seven different opponents, Tony, Max Holloway, and ending with Ally Aquinta. And then you have Ally Aquinta stealing a round off him in the fourth probably the best round anyone's fought against could be even in five years. Uh, so that was, you know, maybe a, a too close to, to really for comfort for Khabib taking it on short notice. And then of course you have Nate Diaz stepping up against uh, Connor on short notice instead of RDA. So sometimes, you know, MMA is wild. We're going to fight Island. Usman took it on six days. You just never know. All right, let's move on. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky is a minus 225 favorite. He's the champ. He dethroned Max Holloway last year. Holloway coming in as a plus 185 dog. I guess the question becomes, did Holloway see enough things in the first fight that he can now try to expose? Uh, or is this going to be another razor thin even if some people don't find that fight razor thin, I think, you know, a lot of people had it four to one Volkanovsky, some three to two. Uh, but do you see, or do you feel that Holloway can do enough to get his title back here? 
I don't. And part of the reason is, is the growth and change we see in Alex Volkanovsky fight to fight. Like, if you look, that dude is absolutely positively making wild changes in game plans and in skill sets fight to fight. Like, if you saw him before he fought Aldo and then the fight in Al- that he did against Aldo, it's completely different. Against Chad Mendez, he didn't want to be pressed against the cage the whole time. He wanted to land his strikes from distance. Aldo, he's got to do the exact opposite and he adapts so well. So I actually expect him to be able to make adjustments better than Holloway, and I expect this to be a wider fight when it comes to to how we see it judged. This is going to be a more clear-cut victory, in my opinion, for Alex Volkanovsky, because, like I said, not that Max Holloway doesn't learn from his fights, but if you look at the difference between him fight-to-fight and Volkanovsky fight-to-fight, you will find one of them adapts far better than the other. Yeah, I think this is something we've touched upon uh, in over our, you know, 200 episodes in doing this is sometimes it's not so much even about the age of each fighter, but more so about where they are in their arc of their evolution of being an MMA fighter. And I think you're right in that, in that I don't think Max Holloway is going to come out and I mean, watch, watch me eat my words now. I don't think we're going to see a brand new Max Holloway. I think Max Holloway is Max Holloway at this point. And that's one of the other problems with being, you know, a dominant force at the top of a division, a guy who reeled off, you know, 11 mostly high profile wins in a row. And then, you know, dethroning Jose Aldo twice, everyone and their mother is now in their basement studying film, trying to figure out how to solve your Rubik's cube. And that's exactly what Volkanovsky was able to do and come in. And he hasn't even shown his full progression as an MMA fighter yet. I don't think we've seen peak Volkanovsky yet. And let's also not forget, Volkanovsky is a nightmare when he gets on top of you and can just ground and pound you to death. It's more of a modern ground and pound, not so much from like guard, let's say. But, you know, if he, he gets on top of you in side control, he's very almost Habib-like if you watch some of his early fights in the UFC in that regard. And he did not have a wrestling background. He had a rugby background, which is LOL. But my point being, we still have more to see in Volkanovsky's evolution. And that's actually, I, I would even say, scary. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. And I, I think that's the reason we clearly go with Volkanovsky here. But that being said, it's not, I still, you know, laying a bet on Max at 185 isn't the worst thing someone could do. It's not the worst thing. Yeah, it's not the worst thing somebody can do, but like is in a firefight, if he is getting the best in the exchanges, I, I just have a tough time believing he doesn't get pushed against the cage until he loses a decision. You know, or until he gasses, or until Volkanovski's superior cardio, and, and I'm not knocking Max's cardio, but Volkanovski's superior cardio takes over there, right? Like, and it's not like he can bully Volk either, right? Like, if Volk wants to put him in the clinch, and Volk wants to put him against the cage, he will. And that's that's an out for Volkanovski at any point in time. I want to keep arguing with you, but you're making a really good point, so I'm not gonna. It's Volkanovski's fight. But let's see if the once great champion can maybe have, you know, a, a, a good, a good, a better night than Volkanovsky. And then we get an amazing trilogy. All right, let's move on. Uh, Gumby, you told me off air how to say Peter Yan's name for real. What is it? Petro Yan? <laughs> Piotra. <laughs> Piotra Yan. He's a minus 235 favorite. He's facing Jose Aldo, a plus 195 uh, dog. Who are you taking here? <laughs> you know, you're laughing. Um, this is the hardest of the three title fights for me to pick. Uh, I'm going to be really honest about that. A lot of people out here just knocking Jose Aldo and Jose Aldo's potential here. But let's look at who the toughest person Piotr Jan has beat since coming to the UFC. The toughest person he's beat since coming to the UFC, in my opinion, is Jimmy Rivera. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jimmy Rivera... Freaking phenomenal fighter, right? But Jimmy Rivera went to a three-round decision with Piotr Jan. You know, and, and in that fight, the judges gave one of the rounds to Jimmy Rivera. We're, we're talking about a two-to-one win over Jimmy Rivera. And meanwhile, with Jose Aldo, we have a guy who came down to the Bantamweight division for the first time. Everybody talking about how he looks like Skeletor. And he went and arguably maybe beat the number one contender in the division. And don't get me wrong, I think he wildly does not deserve this title shot. I think he absolutely positively 
does not belong in this fight. It belongs to to uh, Aljamain Sterling. But I also really worry about what his leg kicks and what his kicks in general do to somebody like Piotr Jan who sits down on his punches. Um, you know, if you asked me three weeks ago to tell you who I had winning this fight, I was livid that Aldo was getting the fight and I would give it right away to Piotr Jan. But the more and more I look at film in this fight and the more and more I think about how Jan has kind of got an unproven record, almost plus 200 for Jose Aldo, whether or not I'm picking him straight up gun to my head, you know, my life depends on it. I might not be picking him then, but at plus 195, almost plus 200 at, at mybookie.ag, you 100% want to bet on Jose Aldo if you're betting on this fight. Mm, very interesting. I'm taking my boy Jan, but uh, you make some good points about the odds being what they are. Speaking of odds, let's get to our underdog of the week. Oh, oh, oh. It's Davy Grant, plus 150 over Martin Day. Why? Yeah, yeah and I'll give you a quick shout-out, too. Last uh, event in the Apex, we also hit our underdog of the week, which is Kama Worthy, who picked up a plus 200 submission victory over Violent Bob Ross. So uh, maybe listen to us on our underdog picks. Uh, I like Davy Grant mostly because Martin Day has been away for two years. You know, that is a long time between your UFC debut and your second UFC fight. And in that fight, he got tagged on his feet and looked like he had no idea what to do when he was on his back against Ping Yuan Lee. So given the fact that he struggled off of his back and is going to be fighting a guy who has phenomenal submission skills, you know, it's a pretty clear path to victory there. If he can get him down, I think it's clearly Davy Grant's fight and he might lock up the submission pretty quickly. If he can't get him down, I think it's Martin Day's fight. So basically you're, you're asking yourself, does Davy Grant get Martin Day down, and is it worth plus 150 money? And I definitely think it is. Get your calculators out, and let's do a little arithmetic together. Don't worry, I'll do it for you. Uh, our parlay to play this week is Leonardo Santos, a minus 190, and then Carol Rosa, a minus 230. So taking two favorites, parlaying them together, and get yourself plus 120 odds. Yeah, well, first of all, let's talk about Leonardo Dos San- or Santos, because I think maybe he's the most underrated fighter on the UFC roster. Do you know he's undefeated in seven fights in the UFC, including wins over Kevin Lee and Anthony Rocco Martin? Like that that is a could have put a gun to my head, didn't know that. Yeah, that is an incredible resume. He's undefeated in seven fights, six oh and one, one draw. The problem is is that it's over an eight year span. He's got seven fights in eight years, about to have eight fights in eight years. And injuries or canceled fights or whatever it was that caused him to have these long layoffs, it certainly, you know, has taken a little bit of the luster away. But he came back in 2019 at 39 years old and knocked Stevie Ray cold. And Stevie Ray is a hell of a fighter. And then they turn around and they give him a newcomer, a UFC newcomer in Roman Bogatov, who's got some wrestling, but also is very hittable. So we're taking a guy with good jujitsu skills and a big, powerful hands against a wrestler who's hittable. I think it's no brainer here for Leonardo Dos Santos. And uh, then we got Carol Rosa. Carol Rosa is 1-0 in the UFC. She looked good in her debut. Her hands are quick. She's got good leg kicks. She's fighting Vanessa Mello, who's 0-2 and has shown me almost nothing in her two fights. So, you know, at negative 230, I think that's a slam dunk. She'd probably be a bigger favorite if people knew more about her skills. And and putting them together and getting plus money, I, I think, is the easiest money you can make on this card. Boom. Well, that's our version of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, and we're sticking to it. Please hit us up on our Twitter. We'll be tweeting during the show. Uh, Also, follow us on IG. Let us know if we did you dirty here. We understand gambling advice. But I'll tell you what, we don't give bad gambling advice, so all you're going to be doing is hitting us up on our social media and saying thank you. Thank you so much for Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. You guys are the best. Gumby, let's wrap up this show. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We couldn't do what we do without you guys. We also couldn't do what we do without Flow Combat, the mothership, or without our sponsors, Maroon Social, Battle Clan Gear, and My Bookie. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Top Turtle MMA, as well as our Instagram at Top Turtle MMA there as well. We've got all kinds of cool stuff going on in both of those places. And It's a great way to get notified when there are new episodes coming up or who our potential guests are. So check out those places frequently. Now, I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. He was Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will see you next week.